What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, back again with another one. And as you can see by the picture that's right in the corner of the screen right now, I got a special one. You've seen him in WWE. You've seen him in Impact Wrestling. He is currently right now in NWA Wrestling because he is your reigning, defending NWA television champion. Please help me welcome to Straight Talk Wrestling, Elijah Burke, a.k.a. The Pope. How are you, sir? What up, George? And thank you for having your boy here on Straight Talk Wrestling. I'm... I'm excited to be here. I'm, uh, I feel great about uh, coming here and shooting the gab, if you will, with you, my friend. But just remember when you introduce, now, your, your Pope isn't big on titles. I'm not big on all that stuff. But man, when you say NWA television, be sure you put world in front of that. We're talking Dusty Rose, world's television champion. Talking Nikita Koloff, world's television. Arn Anderson, Telly Blanchard, and the list goes on. You're right. You're right. I apologize for that. That's all on me. I'm going to do it again one more time because I owe you that much. <laughs> Welcome. You're reigning, defending world's, NWA world's television champion, the Pope to Straight Talk Wrestling. Was that better? There you go. That's a lot better, Daddy. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> all right. So, Elijah, my first question is, is um, your time in WWE um, around 2007, in June 19, 2007, to be specific, you wrestled Chris Benoit. Now, I'm not bringing him up because I want to get into the unfortunate incident that happened five days ago. But he was one of my all-time greats. In the ring, I feel he was nobody better. I've never had the ability to talk to someone who's actually been in the ring with him. So for me, oh, this wow. is huge. In terms of his in-ring ability, and we can go back and walk through all of his bodies of work, he was a master in the ring. How was it wrestling Chris Benoit in his last match? Well, um, first thing is you cannot deny the ability, um, the skill set, and everything uh, that Chris Benoit was, uh, certainly a Hall of Fame talent, and um, that can't be taken away from him. Uh, unfortunately, we know the story, but I've been asked that question a couple of times. I've talked about it on my Post Point of View podcast with Elijah Burke. Uh, Chris, in the last days, as far as me wrestling him last, I did the loop with him. So I wrestled him uh, in, in Georgia as well, Columbus, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. uh, not Columbus and whatever. But it was in Georgia. And, um, you know, I can never do that Ric Flair stuff. Ric Flair is, what, 72 years old, and he could just name the dates, the places, the arenas. Like, God, how do you remember all that? I can't even remember what I ate for breakfast this morning. But nonetheless, uh, Chris Benoit was uh, himself. He was the same Chris that I've always known since I've been in the WWE. And to have that distinct um, honor or not, depending on how you look at it, uh, as far as wrestling him last, you know, I certainly didn't want to be known as the last guy to wrestle Chris Benoit, you know, uh, but I, I was. And it was for me at that time specifically, uh, and even now, it was just a great honor. You're talking about somebody that I grew up watching, somebody that I was watching kill it in WCW. No pun intended, Lord. Yes, um yes. Um, but um, he, he, he was tearing it up in WCW. He was tearing it up in WWE. Um, big horseman guy. You guys know NWA. So to have Chris Benoit select me, handpick me to be uh, the guy that he wanted to elevate, it meant a lot. And um, while I um, got knocked 
felt like my back exploded during that matchup when he came down with that flying head, but in the opposite direction, it was, it was everything for me. And I was looking forward to having more matches with him. Absolutely. And that, that's actually one of my favorite matches of yours, that, and actually the match that led to uh, up to you and CM Punk having that two out of threes fall at vengeance night of champions. That is hands down. I think, one of the best stories I ever saw CM Punk tell. And I think that's a credit to you. Uh, I appreciate CM Punk for what he is. I'm not a huge marker fan of his <laughs> per se, but I do appreciate his body of work. But I got to ask, and this is not to throw shade. So if I if it comes across that way, I do apologize. But in terms of CM Punk, a lot of people classify him as that pinnacle of that time period. Would you agree with that based on some of the work he's done? Because I've seen him have so-so matches and I've seen him have great ones. That two out of three falls in particular is one of the great ones, in my opinion. And that's a credit to you. And I appreciate that. When it comes, you can't take anything away from a CM Punk. You can't take away anything um, that he did in the ring and 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 whatever show he was a part of. Uh, that all goes down to... Uh, you know, who's in at the moment, who's out, uh, uh, who's been focused upon, who's not. And uh, CM Punk was chosen. And uh, when you talk about the greatness of anyone, you have to talk about uh, not everybody, but certainly when it comes to CM Punk, you got to talk about the guys who he was in there with, which you, you know, have credited me for my part, because it takes two. Um, and so, um, you know, it's all about elevation. It's all about how you uh, make other people as well as yourself. And, and that is what determines uh, when someone is truly great, when they can get in the ring and um, tell the stories, like you said, and then also uh, convey it in such a way that you're able to connect with the audience. And CM Punk obviously was able to connect to the audience. So you got to give him that credit. Oh, absolutely. The pipe bomb still goes down is, is hands down one of the best promos of that period. I wouldn't say best of all time. Yeah, definitely no. best of that period. But in terms of connecting with the audience, I mean, I connected with you very quickly from when you debuted with a new breed to when you were doing color commentary with Joey Styles. I thought you two had I thought you two had great chemistry. And I know a lot of people look at these these particular time periods that we're speaking of in ECW as the kind of downtrodden times. Right. So ECW with the WCW polish. It wasn't the same product that the Attitude Era kids like myself grew to fall in love with. But it still had its moments and its bright spots. And um, I would have to say, though, that I think your commentary run with Joey Styles, you two played so well off each other to the point where, I don't know, man, it felt like a love-hate relationship on both sides. I think you two love to push each other's buttons. <laughs> no, it, you know, it, it was very, um, it, it was not uh, a long tenure. Obviously, I was just filling in for uh, Taz. And, um, you know, when you, again, when you are on television and you are uh, doing anything, you have to play off of each other. CM Punk couldn't be a, a great good guy if he didn't have a great bad guy. You know, uh, uh, Hogan couldn't have been the superhero if he didn't have the supervillains. And so when you sit down with somebody like Joey Styles and I'm making my mark as the new face of extreme as, you know, I had no idea that I would be, uh, you, you, you have to be that character. No one is watching to uh, uh, listen to Elijah Burke, the boxer, or Elijah Burke, the officer. No, they want to know and listen to Elijah Burke, the leader of the new breed, or, or if not the leader of the new breed at the time, then certainly Elijah Burke, the bad guy. So when I get on there, me being the bad guy, being the cocky, 
character that I was, then, you know, it was a great play and, and um, Joey was great. And um, he encouraged me to uh, be that, you know, to, to be that character. That's what I can't get on and do play by play. That's Jim Ross job. That's Tony Schiavone job. That's, you know, <laughs> that's Michael Cole. And, and at the time, Joey Styles job. That is not my job, nor is it Mike Adamley. So I don't know why they brought him over, but he gave it a nice try. <laughs> yeah, you're you're 100 percent right. You're 100 percent right about that. So in, in uh, 2008, you were released um, and you went on to the independent circuit and you had a lot of great matches on the independent circuit. I found snippets here or there, but leaving the big lights and bright stage of the WWE and going back to the independent circuit. A lot of wrestlers say they find themselves again in that time period. They hone their craft a little bit better. They cut their teeth, if you will, on the indies. But I feel like when you came in working up through the OVW system and all the stuff that you did, uh, you had a great run in OVW your first time around and your second time around. But in terms of going back to the indies before you went to TNA, do you feel like that made you up your game as a performer, going back down to the indies and redeveloping who you are as a wrestler and a character? Okay, well, so well, well, ho well, well, hold on, George. Now, hold on now. Now, Pope's not trying to be one to correct you, but you said back down to the indies. I can't go back down to the indies if I've never been there, George. So yes. that's that. So when I started, I started specifically under WWE and OVW. Yes, you did. Yes, so right. so that's where I started my whole game at. So it, it didn't, once I left WWE, it didn't cause me to do anything but to continue to, to, to get better and, and, and be, I learned so much under the Arn Anderson and Dean Malenko and Fit Finley. And, and, and so once I got to the Indies, uh, you know, I can still count on my hands how many times, you know, I've been to, indie because it's, it's never it was something that I never did or was used to or accustomed to so my time between WWE and TNA oh man I may have done like five to eight appearances on the indie right if that right you know before uh debuting in TNA yes you're right and I apologize about that I didn't mean back down as it was it was a demotion I meant as in going back to not even going back, but no, yeah, I don't mean, I didn't mean a demotion either. I'm just saying, you know, because that happened to guys, guys start on the Indies, then they make it to WWE or wherever they want to go. And then they end up going back down to the Indies, as you said, but that don't really apply to me in that specific, uh, you know, time because I had never done the Indies. So me going to the Indies was something new. I had a chance to have fun. It was fun. It was exciting. It was like, wow, I, I, I'm not being uh, sheltered or, or, or ushered by the WWE's, uh, you know, uh, machine and the big buses and all that stuff. And people came. So it's like, it's like uh, Pat LaBelle said, I'm on my own. And so I was on my own and it's like, okay, this is, let's see how this go. Absolutely. And good throwing out the Patty LaBelle reference, man. I mean, if you had thrown out a Sam Cook reference, it would have been like, oh shit, we we're like best friends now, man. <laughs> I love, I do. I love me some classic Sam. Yes, sir. A change going to come. Yes, uh, sir. Cupid. Uh, don't know much. Don't know much mm -hmm. about his. Oof, that's a, I still have those songs in my playlist. My kids make fun of me all the time. They're like, dad, what is this? I'm like, this is classic. You don't know. Show respect. You have no <laughs> idea what this stuff is. But I, I am a big fan of, of Sam Cooke for sure. But I do like the Patty LaBelle reference 150%. Um, your time in TNA, 
Uh, you had a lot of cool things that happened in the time of TMA. I mean, you aligned yourself with Kevin Nash and Sting. I'm a Sting guy. He's one of my all-time top five all-time. How was it like working with some of these legends? Uh, Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff, Jeff Jarrett staring across the ring from you, all that kind of yeah. stuff. How was it working with some of these all-time greats? Like literally all the names that I mentioned, yourself included. Yeah. I mean, that's goats. That's yeah. dudes who've been around. That's a that's a lot. That's crazy. That was one of the, and you know, obviously everybody knows uh, if you follow my career, then a lot of people, you know, there's Elijah Burke and then there's Pope. You know, I did an interview and God said, hey man, you know, it's just crazy because you can take Elijah Burke and you can take Pope, you can put them side by side and they're two different characters mm -hmm. and, and, and whatnot. And so when I got to TNA and did the whole uh, uh, Pope, which I was, we were working on in WWE, you know, so they wanted me to be a televangelist and preach hellfire and brimstone. And I'm like, that's not Pope, you know? So uh, that's not what this Pope character is about. So I got a chance to me, myself and I put together, handle, direct, guide the whole character of Pope, uh, blessings from the all, all great one, power that be Vince Russo that everybody loves or loves to hate. And, um, you know, so to be in that position to work with the Kevin Ash and, you know, the Sting and it, it was a look, me and Sting would sit, share a locker room together. He had his own room. I would be in there with him and, um, and Kevin Ash and Scott Steiner and Booker T. And so to work with and amongst those legends, I told the story whenever, you know, when the whole Hulk Hogan thing uh, happened some years ago, I'm walking from, from after a show and Hulk's all bloodied and he's in his office, you know, and he's like, Pope, brother, come on in, man, come down. And I'm like, oh, I'll just come to say, you know, have a good night. Thanks for everything. He's like, oh, come on in, have a seat, grab you a cold one. You know, I'm like, yeah, I appreciate the Hulk. Now, Pope's not a drinker. You know, and, uh, you know, Hulk and them love those Budweiser's and Bud Lights and all that stuff. And I thought to myself, you know, what a cool moment. And I look back now and go, well, God dang, Pope, you should have just took a sip at least. What a what a story you would have had, to, you know, to tell. But um, that, that that that's what it was like. It was a kid uh, being around his heroes, his idols, you know, and I, you know, while I wasn't a kid, the little kid inside of me was, was still in disbelief to be a part of TNA's quote unquote version of the Wolfpack, me, Sting, and Kevin Nash. Bruh, it didn't get any better than that. Absolutely not. I thought it was a great, I thought it was a great time period. That's when I actually, again, it was just by luck that I, I fell in love with TNA at that point in time. I started watching again because again, I was a sting guy. So in and around that time period, I was yeah. like, no, I got to see what, I got to see what he's doing. Cause and, and, and before you continue, we were supposed to look, man, this would have been the end all be all for me. It would have been top of my list, obviously, unless it could have been Dusty Rose, but it was supposed to be me, Sting, and Kevin Nash versus Samoa Joe, Jarrett, and Hogan. Oof. And Hogan ended up getting that back surgery because he needed it so bad, and he thought it was going to help him be ready, and things didn't go the way as planned. Absolutely. Uh, that that would have been crazy. That's something that I should probably, when we're done, I would probably turn on my PS4 and be like, man, let me see if I can recreate that. I can get all these guys. I can download <laughs> the packs. I can do that. I would have been taking that boot, brother. I, I, I would have sold it like nobody else. <laughs>
Absolutely. I want to take a turn onto your boxing career. Now, again, the internet, I did all my research off that. I knew I knew a lot enough of your career, but I wanted to go back and really try to get the points I wanted to touch on. Your amateur boxing career, you were 102 and one, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right on that? Tell me I'm right. Please tell me I'm right. WWE version, 102 and one. Yes. WWE, everything is bigger. Right. Uh, uh, actually, 98 and one. Oh. 98 and one. That's it. Yeah. That's all. That's yeah. horrible. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, let's get them over a hundred, 102. <laughs> so was the WWE version right as well as the one being because you didn't go back to your corner or was yeah. that, that, that was, that was, that was correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. But 98 and one, man, that's impressive. I'm surprised. I'm really surprised that you didn't follow suit, maybe going professionally with all that stuff. Right. Well, I kind of landed into that stuff uh, uh, from, you know, uh, Guns and Hoses. Obviously, I was put in the Hall of Fame as well. Mm -hmm. uh, two rings before Ric Flair, by the way. And I was um, just had a need to want to entertain. And that's literally what I was doing. So while my amateur record is, is that is also compiled of my tough man competitions. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I would fight once on, uh, you know, once on Friday and I met twice on Friday and once on Sundays, you know, any given week, uh, because it was just that much fun, the adrenaline. And I'm just out there entertaining. I don't like beating up people. I don't like hurting people. I remember knocking the guy out. And um, the first thing I did was cradled him, got down, cradled him and called in, you know, for the uh, medics to come into the ring because the, the guy was hurt. And um, if I could have walked out there to the ring when I was boxing or doing a tough man and just made an entrance and got in the ring and then left, I would have did that. So that that's why I didn't follow into that, because that was never my dream. It was never my goal. It was something I fell into, ended up having fun. And I tried to get to 100 wins. Tried to, but just felt just so short. And then, but yeah. WWE, they made up for it, though. They gave you that, they gave you that extra four wins. <laughs> that extra four wins made the huge difference that it did. But I, right. I got I to ask, because in WWE, you're in the machine. You're kind of instructed on the way things need to happen. But going to TNA and developing the Pope character and stuff like that, did you feel like you had more creative freedom? Well, that's that's literally what I just told you a couple of minutes ago, George. And I know you got to go with your question and your mm -hmm. little format. Mm -hmm. But yeah, absolutely, man. It was a Pope uh, thing. I, uh, I guided it. I, I guided that ship. I took it in the direction it needed to go. Um, Impact, or excuse me, TNA at the time, they were going to have me come in as Elijah Burke. That's what you do when a stock has already been invested in something, specifically a name, you know. And so when the name comes from the machine, it already, you know, it serves more purpose for your product to push that name versus then to try to recreate the person behind the name. Mm -hmm. So they wanted me to be Elijah Burke. And after I wrestled Sean Spears in my first match in the impact zone in a dark match, uh, I remember Jim Cornette coming to me, who was like, you know, birthed me basically into the business. He goes, all right, so what are they going to do? Are you going to be a heel? You're going to be a face? I don't know what they're going to do. I said, well, they had me to go out there and, and work, you know, as a, as a face, uh, excuse me, as a heel. And then, you know, Jim was like, but they said you was going to be a baby face. How the hell with these people? You know how Jim Cornette is. And so um, after that matchup, I'm walking out and I, I uh, 
happened to come across Vince Russo. I, I've already went to my bag. I was going to find Vince Russo, but he happened to be coming out of the impact zone at the very same time. And we have tapings going on right then and there. And I wasn't a part uh, contractually yet. I wasn't obligated to them, but I got my um, DVD that I brought with me. It had like a four minute introduction to who the Pope was. The whole entrance, the getting in the ring, uh, the stuff that you see with the Dark Order, I swear where one of those guys were with me when I put the Pope together because Pope, you know, Pope walked to the ring. Uh, people, uh, you know, it was like a cult and, uh, uh, you know, got, got people sweeping my way as I'm walking. There are two guys, sweep, a guy and a girl sweeping. You know, they got straw brooms sweeping as I walk down the aisle. As I get to the ring, uh, they somebody else forms steps and then I hop through the rope and then they all run in and form a chair. And I swear to you, one of those guys were in OVW. I don't know who it is, but one of them were there. They got that idea from that. In my estimation, it's just a long shot. But nonetheless, I showed Vince Russo. I say, Vince, could you take this? It's only like four minutes. Could you go in the office and watch it? I would really like to do this is what I was working on uh, in WWE, you know, before I got my little ankle injury and then on the sideline. And then, you know, uh, as you said, I got, got sent home. Mm -hmm. So uh, Vince went in there and uh, he looked at it. He said, bro, I'll go look at it right now, bro. Just no, I'll go look. I said, I say, Vince, please just it's for no, I'll go, I'll go put it in right now. Here, give it to me, bro. He goes, he puts it in. I'm standing outside and I'm waiting. And he comes power walking almost like in a hurry. He goes, bro, bro, you have to be the Pope, bro. You gotta do the Pope, bro. Forget Elijah Burke. Be the Pope. I already got the name D'Angelo De Niro, bro. You know why? Because the Pope is money, which is what De Niro, De Niro stood for. So De Niro was a Vince Russo thing. Mm -hmm. Fan well, you know what? You you actually said bro better than I think Vince Russo says. Bro. <laughs> that was and on then, point. I felt like Vince <laughs> Russo was here with us. And then, and, and then just to, 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 to put the icing on the cake here and to top it all off, uh, Vince never tried to, of course, they would give, say, hey, this is what we got. But Vince would go, bro, be Pope, bro. Do you? He said, I, and I'm waiting for Vince to do like these interviews and these pre-tapes. And I'm like, Vince, hey, we're waiting. And Vince, come on. All right, Popey, what you got, Popey? And I'm like, well, Vince, I don't even know the scenario here. Come on, bro, just be Pope. Just come on. I'm like, but you gotta let me know who I'm talking about. What I'm, and so that's that's kind of how I did my stuff. And Vince goes, you know, I can't write for you, bro. Like I'm a 40 year old uh, Italian from New York. Like yeah, I can't. Write. You are Pope. You know Pope. And so. That's the creative freedom I had in TNA. One, and it was obviously uh, I was having a blast. Absolutely. And it, it showed. It showed it in television every week for your, your run there. And uh, it was, like I said, one of the most enjoyable experiences I had a fan. So thank you for that. And that's what I meant by the creative freedom, that you just had that room to breathe. And that's what's so cool about it when you hear stories like that, because you knew you had that room to breathe and to grow and to elevate. Or as I've taken from one of my favorite wrestlers here in the Ontario indie scene, Holden Albright, you level up. 
And that yes, was sir. definitely one of those level up moments for sure. And then, you know, what was, you know, what was a level up moment for me is that I've been an NWA fan since uh, Billy Corgan kind of took it over and made it a thing. I was faithful on the YouTube. I was a subscriber from like the first time I found it and I mm. loved everything about it. And then something cool happened. I kind of geek out moment for me in 2019, you showed up and I was literally sitting down on my, <laughs> in my computer and I was what, taking a break from editing one of my episodes and I was watching and I literally had a can of Coke and I, I got the same desk that I do now. <laughs> and I had a can of Coke over here and I was, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes into the episode. I went to take a swing of the Coke and then I saw the music and you came out and I literally, I wish I could have recorded it. I spit Coke all over my wall. I still have a couple stains because wow. I was like, holy wow. shit. I was like, shit. Wow. Like he's, oh, that's sick. I was yes, so sir. excited. But then I was very upset a year later because you 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 beat my boy Zicky Dice for the title. But I'm okay <laughs> with it now. I'm okay with it now. I've gotten over it, and yeah. it's been a great run. But no, that match again. You debuting in 2019. That was a huge moment for me because I've been a fan of yours for quite some time. And then you taking the title from Zicky Dice. As far as I'm concerned, nobody could have taken it better than you did. So, and let's talk about that match with Zicky Dice because I again. I love the story that you told in that match. And that's what I call wrestling. I call it the great yeah. dance. It's, it's art form. It's a story without words. And a lot of people don't appreciate the art form for what it is, but I do. I do. I really appreciate the fact that you can have these high and low moments, these peaks and valleys, mm -hmm. all that stuff. And that's what the great thing about wrestling is because the time for talking is over once you step through those ropes. Right. And you guys told a great story that night. But talk to me about winning the NWA World's Television title. Well, um, uh, uh, again, um, uh, I have nothing but respect for old Ziggy Dice. And um, he and, and myself and that whole moment was something that um, I can't even tell you how it came to be. And you hear my girl Shaka going off. I tried to get her taken care of earlier, but just don't pay her no attention. It's all good. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so she, um, excuse me, not she. Gosh, she's she's so distracting. Oh, she, somebody's out there. I should have shut it. But anyways, um, you know, when I came into NWA, I'm sitting at home. I'm watching the NWA Power. Um, it's the only show then and for me now that I could sit through and watch in its entirety without fat 45 minutes to an hour, 50 minutes, whatever the case, the commercial commercials were hella entertaining and i'm sitting here i wouldn't fast forward through those geeky 80 styles commercial because they were so funny and entertaining i don't care how many times you saw it i wanted to see more and so um i would sit and watch it and so i'm like man this nwa stuff is really good the presentation it's the old school presentation with a new school feel and i tell people that's the thing about an antique you don't go to the junkyard buy an antique car and then try to dress it up with all the new uh you know things that you have today to put on cars because then it's no longer an antique however you refurbish it and you restore that antique you know, as much as you can to put it back in its original state. And that's what Billy's done with the NWA. That's why it's special. It shows, it looks special, it has a special feel to it. Even now that we're back and, and, and without the crowd, it still has that feel to it. So going on to Ziggy Dice and myself, I came in NWA, daddy. They, they hit me up and I said, okay, you know what? Look, man, I'm watching y'all. So I, I dig it. Let's, you know, I'll come down and let's do this. But yeah, we, we want you to 
you know, we want you to come in and, and be a mouthpiece. So I came in and I'm, I'm there, you know, then, uh, we want you to manage. Just like when I went back to TNA, it's always, we want you to do this, we want you to do that, but it always leads to them getting me back in the ring. And so that's what happened here. And, um, you know, the, uh, people may have forgotten that Zicky had issues with me from the moment I turned him down upon that very, that very day. Mm -hmm. So that's how we got back to Zicky and Pope in 2000, you know, and, and 20, you know, and, and that's how that happened. So um, when that match went down, it, it was everything that it was. Uh, it was a great match. I enjoyed working with Zicky. Um, and, and, and the story, as you said, is easy to follow, easy to follow, easy for Mr. and Mrs. Walmart to follow comprehend what's going on guy gets attacked before the match he's put through the table he's on there's no way that the guy is going to win but he got a fighting heart he comes back and he succeeds i had no idea uh pope became the, the nwa world television champion uh and it was business as usual for me uh business took an unexpected turn to reality once i got back to my hotel once i opened up my phone once i started going to social media and 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 i couldn't respond to my text because it was too many and then i go to twitter and it's flooded so much as i'm opening my messages it keeps going up 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 and and then there's a twitter uh, notification where they contact me and go, hey, we would like to step in uh, because they think it's spam. If you would like us to help, we will control your messages. That was the message I got the night I won the NWA championship because it was so many. Same with Facebook. I, I still have messages in there I haven't checked. I couldn't get to all of them. And the same with Instagram. So it was at that moment that reality hit me and I go, man, I don't know what it means to anybody else, but me growing up in WA, and as I said at the top of the program here, Dusty Rose, mm -hmm. Tully Blanchard, mm -hmm. Arn Anderson, Akita Koloff, Bobby Eaton, stunning Steve Austin. Bruh, what more is there to say? There isn't. There absolutely isn't. And uh, like I said, at the time I was bitter. I was one of the fans that my message to you on Twitter was very simply, congratulations. There was nothing else <laughs> I could write. Yeah. Just, okay, congrats. I, yeah. I, but my message to Zicky was, I, I feel for you. <laughs> I like, I, I really poured my heart out, but to you, it was like, yeah, congratulations. You won. Great. Thanks. Thanks for ruining my life. Thanks. Good thing I didn't have any money on it or I would have been screwed. But um, then, you know, you mentioned going back to reality also to uh, right after, right before you win it, literally three, three to four months later, depending on the timeline of what country you're in COVID strikes right. and everything slows down, everything stops. And then this past February, February 2021, I had Nick Aldis on the show and I was, mm -hmm. I was pushing, I was plugging because I was hearing things, but it's never, it's always rumors till it's factuated. I was like, is there anything you can tell me about anything that's happening? And all he kept saying was Nick Aldis is great about going around the question. Kind of like you said before, yeah. you reported. if I need to work around it, I will. He just said, there's things I can't talk about. There's things in motion that I can't talk about. And what did you know, two weeks later, or actually the week I dropped the episode, bam, we find out about back for the attack. And I find out you're going to be defending your title against Tom Latimer. And I'm a big Tom Latimer fan. So I'm like, damn, I'm a Pope fan. I'm a Tom Latimer so fan. So am I. I'm not going to make the wrong decision this time, though, Pope. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to put my eggs <laughs> in the Pope's basket. Now, you guys went to the first time I'd seen it in a while, a time limit draw. No winners, no losers, time limit draw. And I saw the clock ticket down. I'm like, fuck, man. 
So, something's got to happen. And there were so many close finishes. The story was epic. And then at the end, you tried to show respect. You tried to so, say, listen, let's do it again. Rick stuck your hand out and Tom just rolled out of the ring. And I was right. like, that's not classy, Tom. That's not classy. And I, I literally, that match right there, that won my wife over. Because my wife's a big wrestling fan. Wow. She hadn't watched NWA with me at all. And I said, babe, I'm ordering the pay-per-view. Sit down. It was a Sunday afternoon. What do we got to lose? Let's order it. Let's have some fun. So yeah. we did. We ordered it. And she was, and then she saw that match. She's like, holy crap. She's like, is that Elijah Burke? I'm like, no, that's the Pope. It is Elijah <laughs> Burke, but it's the Pope. Yeah. And I said, and that's also Tom Latimer. That's Camille Brickhouse's, you know, that's Camille yeah. Brickhouse's better half. And I've had yeah. Camille on the show and she's great, but I love the NWA product. It's much like you said, like you said, I'm going to quote your words. You can't go to the junkyard and put all this new school stuff on a classic. You refurbish it, you bring it to a little bit modern, but you keep that style. And that's one of the reasons mm -hmm. I absolutely love the NWA and everything Billy's done and everything you guys are doing. Now, this episode is going to drop in June. So we're pre-recording ahead of time. So hopefully by that standpoint, you will still have the television title i believe you will i'm not i'm not saying anything i don't i just i'm not asking for any spoilers but i believe you will but what is next for the pope in nwa if by chance the television title is no longer in your hands will we be going after the nwa world's title will you be going in against nick aldis because that's something well, i would love to see <laughs> well uh first off let me give a shout out to old Bram Brown, as I like to call him. Um, I never thought, you know, I, I was a big supporter and huge fan of uh, Tom Latimer and Impact Wrestling when I was commentating, okay? Mm -hmm. And I, I often refer to him as the maniacal nutcase, and he is that and then some. I like that. <laughs> How did you like that? I'm going to steal that, by the way. Yeah, well, I, I think you're going to steal a lot of stuff, but have at it, brother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, uh, that you know that match back for the attack when you got to uh, the whole roster most of us are coming in cold okay yep. coming back you know and we're coming in cold and to go out there and 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 put on that type of athletic uh performance uh was was something that i felt bad for uh for everybody else because as you said you know i ain't gotta say it but we, we know what type of match uh, that it was, and um, I know that it over delivered, mm -hmm. uh, and um, and more importantly, the story. I always go back to the story. Everybody can get in the ring and wrestle. You have individuals who are sitting at home right now that can mimic every move that they see on television, but it's the story that one has or have the ability to tell in the ring that makes the difference that that separates one match from the other or separate them from everybody else you know get in the ring throw a super kick throw a canadian destroyer do this do that everybody can do it but who has the ability to connect with the audience through the television screen that's what my concern is that's what i focus in on and i believe we did just that as far as June and moving on to our next pay-per-view when our shadows fall. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, don't, 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 don't worry. Don't wonder whether or not Pope's going to be the NWA television champion. I don't plan on giving that up until I get my seven victories, daddy. And therefore, I have no business being in this business or anybody else should not be in the NWA if they don't have the mindset to go after Nick Aldis or whomever 
is the champion, you know, holding the 10 pounds of gold. So that's Pope's, you know, that's my end game. So whether I have that title or not, I plan on winning seven times. I plan on turning that title in. I plan on going after and securing the NWA World Championship. Well, all I could say is this when that happens is, and uh, you can quote this to Billy for me, you could steal this and pass this on to him. You could say George down in Canada says, shut up and take my money. I'll pay for it in advance. <laughs> I'll pay for it in advance, goddammit, Pope. I will. <laughs> yeah, man. I, 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 I there's, there, there's, there's no point of me. Um, there, there's no point of me sticking around if I don't want that title. And, that, and that's what I want. Uh, you know, history history nick nick all this has been the centerpiece when you talk about the antique well he's 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 been that emblem on 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 that antique car you know on the hood that's nick all and he's been that much respect to him he's been a great champion um and 900 plus days as a champion and i think uh i i think if pope have anything to say about it uh his his time would come to an end you know we're not going to let him get to a thousand just like pope didn't get to a hundred but he's had his turn he and and, and pope plans on having his run and i i cannot absolutely wait for that and i i like i said i love the nostalgic feel and when i say i'm going to steal stuff i'm only going to steal out of respect because everything oh no absolutely <laughs> absolutely man have it <laughs> so uh two more questions and i think we'll wrap it up uh your charity the, the Love Alive charity. I absolutely, I did some research on it. I made a donation and um, yeah. I, I I completely, uh, I love all that kind of stuff. I love giving back to communities as much as I possibly can and sharing the stories and getting to have great conversations with amazing talents like yourself. Um, but talk to me about the charity. Tell me about the charity and all the fantastic work you guys are doing over there. First off, I want to thank you for uh, checking in on us. I want to thank you, uh, George, for, for contributing to uh, our charity as well. The Love Alive charity is something I started in 2012. We're going on 10 years come January. It'll be 10 years. How did that come about? It's real simple. Your boy growing up in Jacksonville, Florida, Duval County, I'm walking to the store Saturday morning, my mom working two jobs, leaving money on the counter saying, okay, somebody go get some cereal and milk. And oftentimes I'm the baby boy. So I, I would be selected to do it or I just wanted to do it. But when you walk into a store, a grocery store, and you have grown men and women are begging a 10 year old for for some change because they don't have anything to eat or whatnot you know what i'm saying that i never forgot that stuff i never forgot i always thought one day if i had the ability to do so because i grew up around it so much even going to school if i had the ability to make a change in my own way in the way that i could then i would do that and so that's what i did and it, and and it came to a head uh 2012 when I'm um or 11 I'm in a parking lot of McDonald's and I'm having a conversation with a family member and all of a sudden somebody drives through throw a bag a McDonald's bag into the big trash can out there and I saw a homeless guy walk up to that trash can take off the lid it was at night take off the lid searched through that bag and found what was left over and started eating it. And my heart sunk, my heart sunk. And um, so it was at that 
time I said, okay, now's the time. I, I have to do what I can. And here's the cool part, George. Here's the cool part. You can head over to Pope TV on YouTube. Uh, there's several of my events are in there. You know, we, we, we try to hold biannual events. I got an event coming up, Great American Clash, which is a fundraiser in Jacksonville, Florida. It's a wrestling show. We're going to have uh, JB Cool and Fighting Evolution Wrestling, JTG. We're going to have Flying Brian Pillman Jr., Rebel of AEW. We're going to, I'm, and we're going to have a list of others that's going to be there. And this is all uh, in part due to my charity uh, because sometimes it's hard. And I understand people don't want to part with their money. But I always say just a dollar helps. A dollar will help make a difference because we don't feed these people out of a truck. We don't feed them peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in a brown bag. We feed them directly out of Burger King. You go watch one of those videos, you'll see 400, 500, 300 people, whatever at any given time, lined around a block. Women from the uh, battered shelters, you know, who whom have been in abusive relationships with their kids, uh, uh, people who just on the street homeless or just been released from jail, whatever the case may be. I tell people, it's not um, everybody didn't choose to be homeless. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anybody will want to just live on uh, the street. But we we take care of the kids. We have toys. We have book bag fills with essential needs for them to achieve academic success. And the list goes on and on. So um, if you guys get a moment, head over to love hyphen mark, that's the dash, subtraction sign, love-alive.org. Uh, you can read about the charity as George did. And um, you can make a contribution by clicking the donate tab and um, anything helps. And we appreciate your contribution, George. I really, really do. Absolutely. And I, I felt like, uh, you know, it was a small amount, but again, I've been blessed enough to be working through this whole pandemic and be able to put food on my family's table. It's the least I could do. And um, it was an honor to do it. And uh, don't think it's going to be the last one. I can promise you that it's going to be, it's going to, there's going to be more coming for me. I'm going to do whatever I can. To, uh, to spread the word as much as I possibly can, because I think it's a fantastic organization. And I love the fact, um, especially what you do for the kids, the toys, the books and all that stuff. It's those yeah. little things that yeah. get people through, especially in this time of uncertainty. And um, like you said, every dollar helps. So anybody that's listening to this or watching this or even seeing my eyes right now, I'm being very sincere when I say this, go over, hit up the link, make a donation, $1 or more, mm -hmm. whatever you could spare. Every little bit helps and it's worth it. And Mr. Pope, my final question before we wrap it up, and then you're going to do that video, uh, you know, thing for me to set up the episode when we can. Um, you've told so many great stories in the mm -hmm. ring and there's, there's not enough, but I, I hear on straight talk, I asked the tough questions. Go if ahead. You could look at any of those amazing stories that you've told over your career thus far. Is there one or two that stand out that you consider right now at this point, you could say, that is my strongest piece of work to date in the ring. That's that's so unfair. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so because, because I feel like obviously there's there's been bigger stages where I've done bigger things mm -hmm. with with you know legendary names and great performers as well. Um, but off the top, number one, I want to say. The two matches, the story-wise, the, the, these back for the attack. Story, I, that's not just me. Just, I'm just just story-wise. And then Darren Young on power, story-wise. You know, this, this, this is not no edited stuff. When you see that clock up there, you know, this ain't no WWE, Daddy. This is NWA. It's one take. Go out there and get it done. That's so, right, baby. <laughs> so they, they're not doing no editing. 
So not only do we have to tell the story, but there's a timer as well that we don't see. You'll hear the referee saying, okay, you got three minutes left, two minutes, whatever the case is, right? And, and that's the ref's job. And I'm not just, I mean, well, it's a time limit. So he got to let us know. And you can clearly hear him saying that. So uh, modern day, those are it for me. That even with Zicky dies. I mean, gosh, it's just so many great stories. And, and that's not, you know, fluffing my own balls, if you will, but I'm just saying. But um, prior to that, I'll, AJ Styles, lockdown, mm -hmm. CM Punk, two out of three falls. Those, those, those are my favorites. Isn't it funny that I mentioned pretty much almost every match except the AJ Styles one? And it's just, <laughs> I wasn't sure how far we were going to be on time. So I just wanted yeah. to make sure. But you know what? Everything you mentioned, I can't disagree with you. And since it's my show, I wouldn't disagree with you because that would be disrespectful <laughs> to you. But... Uh, DePope, this has been an absolute honor and pleasure. And you know, you know, I'm going to have to have you back some point down the line. We got to do this one again because this one was a blast. I had so much fun. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And before you go, please let the people know where on the wonderful world of social media they can find you. And again, please, please send us that or shout out that link again for your amazing charity. I appreciate it so much for giving me the opportunity to do so. Daddy, you guys can go over to facebook.com slash Elijah Burke facebook.com slash Elijah Burke, AKA the Pope. You can also follow me on Twitter at the black Pope as well on Instagram, the black Pope. And that's D a D is in dog A is an apple black Pope. Well, why is it the black? That's because I'm the first of my kind daddy. So you can follow me on there. You can head over to Pope TV to see some amazing videos that I share for my charity uh, and just some exclusive stuff that I put up on uh, Pope TV on YouTube as well. And then guys, last but not least, you can follow me on uh, my podcast, Post Point of View podcast with Elijah Burke across all podcasts and platforms. Hell, I might got to bring George on and, and just shoot the gab and talk, uh, do a little review or something because this guy shoots his own you know, he shoots his own gun and he ain't afraid to shoot it. So I like the fact that he fires off like that. And last but not least, certainly guys head over to love-alive.org. And um, again, one buck, two buck, all I'm trying to do is encourage you to help me and my charity be the change that you wish to see in the world. Fantastic. And, and, it, and it's 100% truthful. And you're absolutely right. I follow you across all those platforms. Uh, and it would be uh, it would be a stellar. I'm already friends with you on Facebook. That's right. Elijah Burke and I are friends on Facebook. <laughs> That's how we set this up. It was pretty cool. Uh, you know, when he accepted my friend request, I geeked out a little bit. And then when you, like three weeks later, there he is on NWA and I'm spitting cocoa over my wall. I, I got to save that. I gotta That's keep. Crazy. I gotta I gotta have to cut a piece of that drywall out. And have to send it to you so you can. That, that, dude, that listen. When the time come, you'll know when to share that. That's you'll know because there's gonna be a globe around my waist. So that'll be pretty cool. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, again, Elijah, this is an absolute pleasure and an honor, and it was great to talk with you. And I, we're gonna have to do a part two down the line for sure. Uh, much love and respect for everything you're doing in the wrestling business and outside the wrestling business. And follow this man spread his word because the charity and everything he's doing is absolutely perfect. And he is classy. And now I'm honored to say I have officially met my Facebook friend and I could call him my friend. Indeed. So, yes, sir. So from all of us here at straight talk wrestling, peace, love and wrestling. We'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. All right.
Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace. Not in my lead. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my favorite.